We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to fight me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody to another edition of the Rock Pal Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Kruger. In studio with us tonight, Mr. Ryan Lacel, and we're talking about the Buffalo Bills Stadium. Another installment of our stadium series, gentlemen. Seven. No, I think this is eight. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. We've done a lot of stadium talk up until now. Listen, going all the way back to the height of COVID, yeah. we've gotten together and done these podcasts. And it it's with that that I'm happy to be able to raise a glass with the three of you right now. This ridiculous fucking glass. I want to break it. I want to throw it. I mean, mine's... Look at that. Mine. Did you did you freeze? Mine's cool as... Cool were as you a truth. poop or did you freeze your coop? Oh, I know that. Thirsty <laughs> whale? Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a poop. Freeze your coop. I hate you guys. I hate both of you. I hate you for knowing that word. <laughs> he had to teach a coop. I go, no, that's a car. He goes, no, it's a glass. That's a glass. Yeah. Sue me, I'm, I'm uncultured. I'm, I'm digging right into mine because this is a lovely looking old fashioned. Yeah, you're well, a bit timid on your drink, so yeah, because there's stuff floating in it. Yeah, Ryan's is uh, like this. That is that's now, a well made old fashioned right there. Now I know that this is not, but uh, Ryan, when you look at the top of this, there's like something floating on top of it. Like I imagine this is what happens when a bar doesn't wash its glassware properly. This is what the drink comes out looking like, or that it's fresh citrus. Yeah. Ryan Ryan's drinking an old fashioned that I made with pecan syrup, blue note crossroads, toasted in a French oak barrel, and then Blanton's bitters, and then the or- the orange rind. And it's lovely. I, I one, one of the better made one of the better homemade old fashions I've ever had, I will say. I smell lime. It's obviously a clear liqueur of some kind. I see some what looks like sugar residue, so obviously it's the, the Whatever's in here is sticking to the rim of the glass, which is probably your lime. 
Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Because the lime is very prominent in this drink. It's very, very light. Um, it's got a nice little finish there. Is this gin or vodka? Neither. Okay, what do you got? It's a fucking margarita. That's a margarita. <laughs> This is the classiest margarita I've ever had. It is a classic margarita, and it, I it made needs a little salt. I, but otherwise, this isn't bad. Yeah, but fuck that. I'm not into salt. I'm having one too, and it is. I used uh, Blanco tequila, legit from Mexico, from Jessica's mom when they went to Mexico. I think in February. Now, him bringing this up, it opens up an interesting talking point. Before we dive into stadium stuff, I have a conundrum here with Chris. That drink is very good, and it made me think of Cinco de Mayo. Now, Cinco de Mayo, my wife was out of town. It was me. It was Dude's Weekend, as my son Jack now called. I just kept go, yeah. telling everybody, the yeah, grocery yeah. store, what are you guys doing? Dude's Weekend. <laughs> so Chris smoked his first pork butt last last Friday. Almost. Third. Third. Okay, well, I'll tell you this. Can you really the count the first two, though? No. I mean, yeah. And also, it's the first one I've had of his. Second. Yeah, that first one didn't count. It, oh, because I I made it for the opening game against the Rams last year. Yes, you completely forgot. Yes, that that's what I did. I didn't eat any of it. I just got hammered in your house. <laughs> As only you can. I just got bombed in your house, and in fact, I think I ate some of what Andy Parks brought, like chicken in a crock pot, buffalo chicken, like pulled buffalo chicken. I ate some of like the cake that not cake. Well, what were those like flatbread things that what's her face made? Francesca. I Francesca. Forget. Like, one of them had, like, pear, but bacon, and oh, some okay, cheese. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, this is classic. Like a, a high-end. You put uh, your pinky up end. as you ate? It, it was literally, it was literally, I was, I was seeing old Jackson Pulp Fiction. This is some serious gourmet <laughs> shit. <laughs> Absolutely. So, with that said, first time, and I also, I think Chris has gotten pretty good at this. He executed this thing really well. I know this because now here's the thing. I do a lot of barbecue. Mm-hmm. Obviously, now I'm partner in Q42 barbecue. I do a lot of this stuff. And along the way, I make all of my own rubs. I rarely will I ever use a store-bought rub for anything. I don't like the salt content. I, I feel like you're salt, but you need more flavor than salt. Right. Yeah. And those are mostly fillers. Like When you see salt and brown sugar as the two main ingredients in any rub, they're stealing from you is right, what yeah. they're doing. So I will make rubs, and I will... Let my son taste them, and he's wildly indifferent. And I go, well, it's because he's young, he's a kid, whatever. Chris comes over. Now, my son has just eaten dinner. He's in the middle of eating an ice cream sandwich. He's working on dessert. He's told me he's full. He doesn't want anything. Chris brings over this container of pulled pork and sets it down on the table, and my kid goes ape shit. He's eating it with three hands. Just He must have eaten like a quarter pound of it. <laughs> and the thing that irritates me the most is that he's demanding more of the salt Dad, more salt, but it's the rub that Chris put on it. Chris, what was the rub? It was like a Fiesta rub that I bought at Market the Square in uh, Southgate Plaza in West Seneca. I was just wanted. I didn't wasn't gonna put. It's Cinco de Mayo, so I wanted to have Mexican spices on it. So, oh look, here's a Fiesta Grocery, rub. Something that has Fiesta in the name. Grocery store chain rub. My son just can't get enough. He wants a nice turkey sandwich. There's a reason now. that stuff's commercial for, a, not, for, for a reason, man. You know. Do I have like? Do I have a right to be annoyed? Great friend, my son. 
woke up. He, Chris is over here trying to teach him how to say "make me a damn sandwich." He's like, "Come on, Jake, you can say." That. Well, I wanted him, I wanted your child to say "make me a goddamn sandwich." And what I love is that then the last time he tried doing that, I told him I was like, "Chris, get the hell out of here." Jack walked around the house going, "Gretzky, get the hell out of here." <laughs> Talking to our dogs for a week. Do I have a right to be annoyed that somehow with his store bought nonsense and his pulled pork, he has now? jumped me in my son's eyes in terms of barbecue ability. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a gut punch, right? It's not three, Yeah, but he has, Chris has now leapfrogged me in my son's eyes in terms of the ability to create barbecue. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a real kick in the knackers, bro. I mean, it's, it's when you tough. have When you have the schedule I do where I'm off like Thursday and Friday, so like Friday, if Jessica's at work all day, I could... You know, earlier in the week, I could just go, well, I'm just going to smoke a pork butt on Friday. Just I'm off. I'm probably doing stuff around the house that she wants me to do. So I'll just put meat in the smoker and, you know, Ronco it. Set it and forget it. (laughs) I hate you so much. I've done I've put uh, I've smoked salmon. I've smoked a pork butt and I've uh, smoked a whole chicken this so far. And it's. Only mid-May. I would blame it on your child's unrefined palate. <laughs> That's what I would chalk it up to. His, his now, garbage now if he gets Now, if he gets to, like, 10, and he still prefers Uncle Chris's pork butt to yours, I might want to fight Chris at that point. Yeah, exactly. Or my son, one of the two. Someone, Someone's catching hands at that but, point. But I will tell you, for as much as Chris and I don't like each other as friends, Chris is one of the better friends you could ever ask for. Really and truly. You saved my night. I got. I still got to have my pulled pork taco with the margarita at eleven o'clock when I put both children to bed and got the house cleaned up. And it, it. Hey, Chris. Cheers to you. To you. Cheers, margaritas. To you. This is making Chris very uncomfortable. I know it is. Chris is. Used <laughs> I can always tell when Chris is uncomfortable because he doesn't look at you. Yeah, he, he won't. won't. As long he's as, buried in work. As long as you don't openly cry on the episode about Marcel Darius or. Dalton Kincaid not getting signed yet, you know. Please don't cry. No, no, no. Although I will say the waterworks. I don't think so because we're here talking about a stadium, right? A stadium well, that's finally it's done, sealed, signed in the garage, and ground has been broken. I, I think when you talk about waterworks, it's going to be the end of the 2025 season. Yeah, that last game in what we still call the Ralph. Yeah, right. I mean, that's going to be something. It's it's it will in and, and that's a topic we're going to get into later in the show. But for now, for, let's start at the top. Thirty year deal. They've now broken ground. Everything's signed. Construction has started. Like, hey, do you want my um, PSL? I can give you cash for it right now, <laughs> Mister Moneybags. Just got to go upstairs, and I can get you whatever yeah. it is. is. Your ledger Chris, and your little notebook there. Chris yeah. is literally going to fan out the cash on. On he's he's doing it for the you doing it for the YouTube, uh, <laughs> as the kids say. I don't think that's what they say. I could. Um, I'd, have to, I'd have to go that's upstairs and, and find it. It's a thirty year deal, which means that I will be in my late sixties before we have before we are having this conversation. God again. willing, you You're won't hit your late sixties, and nor should I. And that was going to be one of my points. Is I need. I will hopefully be dead in the ground before we have these like bills, relocation, new stadium, all those kind of conversations. And I'll tell you why. I already, you know, the listeners to our podcast don't believe me because they meet me at tailgates and they go, 
Just, just fun. He's a nice guy. He, he does things for charity. He, he tries to help people. He's friendly. He's welcoming. What they don't realize is that you are catching me at basically my happy place. If you were to bump into me on a Tuesday after a Bills loss, it's not great. By the age of 60, like if I lived to, like every year that I live past this now, I grow closer and closer to just being Gran Torino. Yeah, that's sure. it. Yeah, I'm inevitably. I can see that. If I if I reach the age of eighty, it's going to be me on a front porch with coffee with bourbon in it, just grimacing at everybody. Yeah, because you you getting it to eight, you getting to eighty is a war of attrition at that point. That's it. That's and that's your body refusing to give up on you. Well, it's just the hate sustaining yeah. me, and I've seen this. Like I've seen ill will keep people alive for longer than it should. Just you'll you'll be that you'll be that guy that when somebody <laughs> says what's the key to living to eighty, you'll just say don't don't. Don't do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> so with that in mind, though, for our adult lives, this debate has finally been settled. And that has to be a load off, right? Yeah. I mean, you've gone through the scares of relocation. You've gone through the risks of... Dude. I'm telling <laughs> you, man. Listen. Lisa we're just crushes an old-fashioned. Like, we're like 10 <laughs> minutes into the episode, and you're already done. This, I mean, that's a, you know, this. I'm usually two or three before the night's out at uh, at home, so this is light work for me. But yeah, I mean, it's you've gone through the scares of Bon Jovi or Trump moving the team. You've gone through, you know, the... the the, the Buffalo the, Bills the, the uncertainty. are an excellent football team. <laughs> I've heard they're one of the best. You've gone through the uncertainty of, you know, do you lose the team and it just moves to Toronto? So then you're still like, am I, you know, am I going to be a Toronto Bills fan? You know, so you've people gone, are you've saying gone, they might move to Toronto. I don't know. If you've gone through Toronto. the uncertainty of that, right? <laughs> and then, then it came stadium talk, and with stadium talk always comes small market. Do you know, do we lose our team? Right? Is this going to be an, a, a St. Louis Rams? situation where you're held you're held to task and you make an agreement and they move anyway now that the ground is broken and you know you and i were talking off air you know the signature right like that's not when the work starts like now is when the work starts because now they're they've got a deadline they've got to hit it you know but it's kind of like for fans the hard part's over yes right and that's the load off that i think a lot of fans can take is that the team's here there's an agreement in place 30 years, and now all you got to worry about is going out and winning the Super Bowl. You don't have to worry about your team leaving before your kids become of age. Right? Exactly. Like, I know that now the team is here long enough that I'm going to get to share that with my children. Absolutely. And yep. I like that. Like, that that takes a weight off my shoulders. Now, Chris, while I'm talking about this, I want you to Google a couple things. Google Bill's Stadium Public Funding. Just Google those words. Bill's Stadium Public Funding. I'll tell you why. I feel like... Somebody here or somebody's gets to take a little bit of a victory lap here. Um, remember, well, what was it? Was it last summer? When did we do that show where we talked about who had it worse? It was like uh, we were comparing the Bill Stadium situation and negotiations. It was in Chris's old apartment it, before we started recording here. It was our last show in that studio. It, that was it. Was the last show before he moved, and it was. But there were boxes in the in the in the apartment. He was ready to roll, time. man. He was ready to roll. Time for you to go home. <laughs> so, it, it was closing time over at the old Rockpile Studios, and we did a show talking about all of the teams that had it were going to have a rougher time than Buffalo, New York. Yep. Because of how how this was situated, what it was going to cost, what was negotiated into the contract. And almost like we called it, 
The Tennessee Titans fall right behind us with a new stadium deal uh, that has a $2.1 billion price tag, $1.26 billion in public dollars, with the team just paying over $800 million for the stadium, which is pretty much the same amount the Pagoulas are paying. Yeah, yeah. And here's a caveat. There is no guarantee that the owners will absorb any cost overruns the way the Pagoulas have negotiated into this deal. And you and I, you and I talked about that when... That caveat right there is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, and when they passed that memorandum of understanding, that was something you and I called out specifically on that show, is how big that agreement was, was that they are going to pay for any overages because... Construction in New York State at the time that that was getting signed, and now inflation having done what it's done, I mean, there's not a chance in hell that this stadium comes in at budget, in my opinion. No, absolutely. There's not a chance. Right now, there is a project going on to revamp the New York State Thruway rest stops. Rest stops. Hey, let me stop you right there. Shake Shack, delicious. Shake Shack is top tier, for sure. I'm excited about the Shake Shack. They're trying to bring in new food options, better facilities, because realistically, those buildings were old as shit. Oh, absolutely, yeah. From, like, the late 80s. So they said, we're going to revamp the New York State Thruway rest stops. $400 million gets injected into this project. Yep. About three weeks ago, three, two and a half, the lead developer... And construction entity involved with those projects came back and said, listen, we're going to need another 400 million in order to get this thing in the garage. Yeah, man. As somebody doubled the budget as somebody that just took a road trip to Maine, literally drove all the way across state. You know how many are done done? How many? Two. Two. Exactly. Two. And they're between Rochester and Syracuse. And they shut them all down at the same time. Yeah, because I'll tell you what. Because that was the brilliant idea, right? So last summer, I met the guys from Cover One over at an Airbnb that they were renting so they could go to training camp. And they could be there providing training camp coverage. And I brought a grill. Uh, Like, I took my son to camp for the first time. My wife came. It was a great thing. And then I sent him home with... I sent him home. And I went to go drink and booze and grill with the guys from Cover One. And I was going to drive home later that evening. So the grill finally cools enough. I dump the coals out. I get that whole situation mopped up. They all go out for fucking ice cream. Well, listen, as adults, listen, guys, <laughs> Cover One, I love you guys. But there are way too many adults in your organization who go, a bar? No, let's go get ice cream. Did they go to Abbott's at least? No, I think they went, no, they went to like a really well-renowned ice cream. Oh, they went to like, yeah, one of the Rochester. Rochester, yeah. Hey, what about frozen yogurt? Remember on After Dark last week? (sighs) My date? That I went, broken foot, we went out for ice cream and then uh, (laughs) got yelled at by a black nurse in triage. If you guys have not, you could have just said if, nurse. Well, hey, I had no. I said had I southern, I had to set the table. She had if the you southern. Guys, it, she she had that southern if, accent, and it just makes it. If you guys haven't seen, we got after dark on only on YouTube. So go to YouTube and uh, so, watch them. So so this was the thing, right? Like I'm driving home from that, and I'm driving down the ninety, and I realize, man, I got to piss. Yeah. And There's I nowhere see, to go. And so I said, well, and this is before I realized this was even happening. Yeah. I didn't even realize they had pulled down all the placards off the rest stop sign. Yeah. So I pull off at the rest stop, and what I see are steel girders in the shape of what a building should be. And there's nothing. It's a ghost town. Yep. There's no vehicles. 
So what I do is I pull my truck over and I get out and I just walk over to the edge of the construction site and start, start sure. taking a piss. Sure, yeah. Doesn't a trooper just kind of slowly roll <laughs> past me? And he's got his window down and I look at him and I'm lo- he's looking at me, I'm looking at him and I'm just like, what? What? And he left. He didn't say a word. He never He never got out. Didn't ask anything. Yeah, I mean, at that point, what are you going to do, right? Like, at least I pulled into the rest stop to I'm piss off. I'm not doing yeah. it on the side of the highway. Yeah, exactly. I didn't pull off onto the shoulder. You know, like, we're, we're doing, doing the best we can here. I tried to do the right exactly. thing. Exactly, yes. New York State didn't allow it. But so this is the, 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 the overarching thing here is it's been, a, what, so that was last year? That they started tear they tore these things down and started construction. It, it, was, it was like over a year it was ago. before the season. Yeah, it was before the season started. It was, so we're here now, and the project still isn't done. There's still rest stops that are a ghost town, and now they need four hundred million more dollars. That will absolutely happen to this stadium project, mind you. They have a hard deadline, so what that means is they'll just pay more to get it done because they have to. And, now you have to do it, right? And the Pagulas are unlike any other stadium deal that's going to be signed anywhere else over the next 10 years. The Pagulas eat that cost, yes. not New York State taxpayers. Yes. And that was when you and I did this show the last time we did it, which was, I don't even remember when it was. It was dur- It was like before the season or during the season at some point. It was when that memorandum of understanding came out. We yep. did the show. And that was one thing that we highlighted in that agreement was that was going to be a massive part of this agreement. And I couldn't believe that they, got, that they got that deal because the state owns the stadium and you still got the team to pay for any overages in terms of construction costs. Like that's that that's one of the biggest wins you could have ever asked for. Yep. So now the bills are here and now you're looking at the Titan situation. You're going, wait, so you came in with more guaranteed money? And no cost overrun protection. This Wait, is my shocked face yeah, when that happened, right? It, like, I texted you. Exactly. Said, <laughs> it was like, this is it. We, this is everything we prognosticated. And also, what's more damning is that our stadium was built back in the 70s, 80s. They've got a stadium. It was built in the 90s. How did this thing <laughs> fall apart? What? You don't live in a place where there's snow. What the hell did you do? I want to know what they did. Like, what did you do to cause this stadium to fail to the point where engineers say it'll take $1.8 billion to rehab that building. Well, I mean, I think the, the big point was, remember, there was, before they started talking about new stadium, there was the story that came out where the stadium had fallen upon disrepair, and it was basically the Spider-Man meme, where the team was going, <laughs> well, no, we thought the city was taking care of it, and the city was going, well, no, you guys are supposed to take care of the maintenance. Nobody did. So nobody had checked even to see if maintenance needed to be done, let alone did the maintenance. So they literally let this stadium that was less than 30 years old just fall into disrepair and cracks in the... They were showing in you know, cracks stairs. in the stairs, in the, the concrete. Yeah, the, like The concourse stairs that you walk up to go to the... were crumbling and falling apart. It's like, that's negligence. Like that's you saw negligence. You saw what happened at... Phil, I think it was Philadelphia when the railing collapsed. Yep. That could have been, you know... 10,000 people on top of a concrete concourse pregame. Like, uh, it's it's terrible. But here's what else is terrible. Chris, so go back to Google. Remember when I asked you to look at the look at those articles? So some of these, right? Like New Bill Stadium funding approved. Great, wonderful. If you go back to last year around this time, there were lo- like there's a local journalism outfit called The Investigative Post. Listen, I Went to school for journalism, and I thought I was going to be a Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative reporter. 
I respect what those people do and what they represent for journalism. What I don't respect is some of the ways that they twisted the narrative of what this stadium deal was and what it reflects on in terms of the country. Now, and I've also said that I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. I will applaud the politicians who kept my football team and then summarily vote them out of office for squandering money that could have fixed our water. Like, our water infrastructure sucks ass. I just had a brush with that. My office at work. We all got sent home to work for the rest of the week. Do you want to know why, Ryan? Water main break. Mm -hmm. Under our parking lot, it eroded so much soil that like a 70-foot section of asphalt just collapsed. Picture a pothole, Chris, that's two and a half, three feet deep, 70 feet wide. (laughs) Sounds like your mouth. (laughs) I love this podcast. (laughs) I, I... like things aren't good here. There's other things that money could have been put towards, but you didn't. Guess what? We kept the football team. We said fuck your water pipes, and I will remember that when I vote on things. Sure, you sure. were the politicians who said fuck my water. We have football, but I can't drink football. Can I? No, no. I mean, you can drink at football. I can drink, and, and I do, <laughs> and I do, and I do. <laughs> but what I want to know is like, like I get it. Like you guys, I, I just feel like the outrage. National outrage. The New York Post was talking about the Bills Stadium. Oh, it was na- yeah, national story. The how local, dare they take advantage of these how, people in Buffalo? Where is the outrage now? Yeah. Why, Chris, why is no one screaming about the Titans deal? Because uh, we don't care about the Titans? No, but I mean nationally. Like nationally, where is the outrage? Well, let me, let me ask you this about the Titans Stadium. So, it, Brian, you were saying it's going to come in like the budget's going to come in way. It's going to have to way more. Yeah, it's going to have to. But is that offset by their ability to be able to host the Super Bowl, be a facility that hosts maybe the March Madness, the Final Four, NCAA national, cha- all of the well, yeah, they high just had, end. They sports. just had Taylor Swift right playing Nissan <laughs> Stadium too. I mean, I, you know, but that's an example, right? She she did two nights. She did two nights at at. Uh, at Nissan Stadium, she's not Taylor but, Swift's not coming to do two nights yeah. in Buffalo, right? No. Like not well, at, not at the Bills Stadium. Dude, so maybe fucking not. Maybe they well, can, listen, listen. But, well, that, but that's the example. Like go I was on. Find another boyfriend so you can write a new that, album. But that's the example, right? Like I was on with with the guys with, with Paul and Mario at hashtag on Sunday, and we were talking stadium stuff, and they were talking about, well, does this put the Bills in line for a Super Bowl? And you know, you build a dome, you get up, and I'm we like, don't, listen, we don't have the hotel space. I'm like, listen, for one, you're not putting the seats in, right? Minimum requirement is seventy thousand seats. You're only putting sixty two thousand in the stadium. That's a non-starter for the NFL when it comes to the Super Bowl. That's one. Two, yeah. you're hotels. not putting a dome. You're not putting a dome in, and they were bemoaning not having a dome. But I said, but who's coming to Buffalo in February, dome or no dome? Like, do you think that people are just like, well, yeah. well they've got a dome, so I guess we got to go to Buffalo to do a Super Bowl. No one wants to come to Buffalo. I don't want to live. I live here, and I don't want to be here in February. I'm, Let I'm, alone, you're not going to draw these giant, like, Aerosmith isn't going to, well, they're coming to KeyBank Center. But, you know, as an example. Did you like, just say Aerosmith? Those but, guys. But these are the, like, it's a farewell shit. tour, right? So it's a big deal. So the, these Is giant, it? yeah, these giant stadium tours that go on, <laughs> you know, they're not, you're not going to get more of them. Because you've got a dome in Buffalo, right? If you're if KeyBank Center isn't big enough for them to come, they're not coming because you've got a sixty-two thousand seat mm-hmm. stadium that's inside. It's it's Buffalo in January and February and March. You've maximized what you've got. NCAA doesn't want to come here for the Final Four. 
right? Like you've already gotten the Frozen Four at KeyBank Center, so why do you need a dome to get that? Like so, all of these grand things that people thought would come because of a dome, it was, it's not was never going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. And so I guess that's the thing, right? Like this, the outrage over this has been hilarious to watch dissipate or just fall on deaf ears. And a lot of it will go away. Mm-hmm. I say, like, here's the thing. Some some of it's and some of it's realistic, right? Like I point out our infrastructure system. I put a lot of time and research into figuring out what the cost of that was so that I could be upset about, like, the idea that you guys spent our tax dollars on this. And then instead, like, I'm still happy they're here. I just accept the fact that this is what you spent our money on. Now, I will hold you as a politician accountable for that, but I'm happy you kept my football team. Sure. But I just feel like the national outrage isn't there for anything else anybody else does, and I don't understand that dynamic. Mm-hmm. There is some people here locally who will continue to bang the drum of Dome and do more and it should have been downtown and blah, 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 blah. Those people, the problem is, is that they don't understand the difference between like you ever heard the song Blue on Black? Absolutely. Ken Wayne Shepard. Yep. Awesome song. Okay. What they're doing is blue on black. This is you are screaming into a hurricane at this point. Hat on a hat, rebel, rebel. rebel. You love throwing (laughs) that in my face. Hat on a hat. Harumph. Harumph. It is. It is a harumph. Nobody. Like, there, there's nobody who you can crystallize this idea around better than Buffalo Citizen and I don't know what you want to call him, but Nate McMurray. Wannabe politician. Wannabe politician, Nate McMurray. Now, with full disclosure, this is not meant to be slanderous, I, but it might be. I don't know. Needs to be. As, <laughs> well, no. as Chris, and, and let's preface this, right? As Chris will point out, I am... As bleeding heart a liberal as you will find when it comes to political leanings, <laughs> you and I and I'm annoyed by how, Nate. How Nate, many times yeah. do you and I butt heads over social, oh, political stuff? Absolutely. And yet, at the same time, this is what I see. Nate McMurray is a guy here in Buffalo who has been trying to become a politician for a long time. He's campaigned. He's run. He's failed. Wherever he fails, he blames systemic racism, he blames bigotry, he blames, even though he's a white male, he blames all of these things. He blames Buffalo. So most recently, he got kicked off a ballot, kicked off by a bipartisan committee of Republicans and Democrats who both said the fact that you got frustrated at a debate and then basically stormed off stage and yelled that everyone, like, these people are idiots and this city is stupid... Yeah, you don't get to represent us then. Yeah. He's been very vocal on social media about how he's he's and I get it. He's against corporate welfare. And this is what makes his position so tiresome. And there's a lot of people who are like him out there. And so that's why I kind of use him as the example of these other people who are there. They're against public private partnership. Right. Even though it's not really a partnership. Right. It's, it's kind of public subsidizing some private entity just for the sure. sake that they're there. I get that. I do understand that dynamic. What I don't understand is how a guy like Nate McMurray can take people who, like, when you're talking about ideas that everyone should be able to rally around, like, hey, we need urban revitalization. We need to give more money to people and less money to corporations. We need to do this. 
These are all ideas. Like, that's low-hanging fruit Absolutely. on the political spectrum. Yeah. No one rallies around Nate McMurray. No. And at a certain point, this guy has to recognize the fact that it's not the message. It's you. It's the messenger. Yeah. You. D- nobody likes you. You are a pain in the ass because you're somebody who goes on social media and talks about how, well, I worked in Korea for a business that sold noodles out of a bicycle. And look at them now. They're a multi-billion dollar corporation called Hitachi or something. Samsung. Samsung. And then he tells people, well, we should think bigger. It's like, holy shit. Is that is that what you took away from this? Bootstraps? Talk, like, well, well, this city just needs to pull itself up by the bootstraps and not think so small of itself that they would let the the city and a football team squander an opportunity to revitalize the urban. It's like, holy shit, dude. You've lost everybody somehow mm-hmm. behind ideas that we all agree are good. Yeah. I don't understand it. Chris... Has the discourse here at least gotten a little bit like because it was what fever pitch? Yeah, when they announced how much money two a yeah. year and change I'm, ago, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with the public funding, whatever it takes. Because I go, I put my money into the, the stadium, and I'm I respect fine with it. the opinions of people who don't, who are still going to have to like. It, if you want to look at it like this whose tax dollars are going to go towards this, who do not watch football, who do not go to the football games, who have no, they, they don't care. They are agnostic to football. And, and I understand. Yeah, and, and, let's, and let's be clear. That is the majority of the United States population. Yes. Do not watch football. No. Right? So as big of a beast and an entity as the NFL is, it's still not watched by the majority of America. So... I can certainly empathize, and again, as someone who is as socially conscious as anyone you'll find, I can understand the people who say that money could have been used for other things. There are other programs out there that that money could have been used for. Absolutely agree. But if you don't have the bills in Buffalo, what is there to revitalize around? Thank you. The Sabres. Because the NFL brings corporate sponsorships. It brings corporate dollars it brings things that you don't have without that team it's very difficult to revitalize a city that quite frankly does not have much to no to sell to other organizations and i understand the whole it should have gone downtown guess what we're past that that bridge is burned it's yeah i'm not going back and again you get into uh, we we, we talked about it on hashtag you you talk about imminent domain situations and lawsuits and never infrastructure chris Chris, you're never suing a bunch of people in the poorest neighborhoods in buffalo out of their homes and that's a great that's a great way to win public support right there you go (laughs) Murray, where are you on this it's why why every bank in america puts foreclosures (sighs) on hold during the holidays right because you just don't you don't want to fight that battle fight those battles so they wrap this whole thing up the deal gets announced and tim graham formerly of the buffalo news now of the athletic does an interview with ron rakuya who is the he's he's the face of the buffalo bills now the public facing you know the guy who's going to take interviews from reporters about things not just football related like state of the team type stuff yeah. ron rakuya has taken the front yeah he's a new voice and he's a buffalo guy yep i'll tell you what from reading this article over at the athletic and if you have access you should you should go check this out ryan i fucking sent it to you and you didn't <laughs> read it no i i, I should have t- we talked about it i yep. should have told you in our group chat that i did except i was being cheap and i didn't want everyone else to ask me for free access 
because I'm, I'm you're like, using that justification to me, the guy that shares my Sunday ticket password with anyone who asks in the chat. Again, the socially conscious one. Versus, exactly. Versus, exactly. Yeah. See, we are different. People. We are yin and yang in that way. You're good person versus bad person at heart. Like, again, everyone who meets me, they're like, ah, oh, you're great. This guy, this guy rules. He's such an agreeable guy. You don't know me. <laughs> oh, the, it's all bad. It's terrible. So this is there was a couple things I took away from this. First of all, Ron Rakui is a Buffalo guy. Yeah. And one of the interesting things about him is that he, you know, has worked in the NFL for a long time. He talked about negotiating his salary with Bill Polian a long time ago and trying to figure out what his value was to the franchise and how that's where he learned that what you think you're worth or what you think something's worth isn't what somebody else might value it at. And he brought that up when he was talking. And I mean, he's been an agent. He talked mm-hmm. about the, um, what, uh, he was an agent for Fred Jackson right. for a couple other players. And he understands negotiations, but he was like, the, the place I learned it was my own contract negotiation. Right. I approached Bill Polian and was like, this is why, you know, my raise wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And it's because Polian looked at him and went, I don't think you do that much. <laughs> I, I just don't. We could replace you with somebody else. Could. There's other people in the building who can do what you do. So we like you. We'll give you a little raise, but we're not going to give you, I think, what you think you're worth. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The dome conversation very much became that, mm-hmm. as you just touched on. All of the things that fans and people who don't understand economics want to believe would have been a part of this equation, they weren't never they, they weren't ever in the cards. No, it, 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 he talked it, about a nicer that. way to say it, but it was delusions of grandeur. And he talked about it at length about how these things. He goes, well, now when I hold these public meetings, I just say, okay, sure, wonderful, it, awesome. I'm, I'm happy you feel that way. Also, next question. I appreciate you sharing your concern. I appreciate you <laughs> sharing your concern. I have nothing you else to say. You take the PR say. response at that point, yeah. But there were some interesting things to come out of this back and forth that they had. According to Rakuya, the renderings are pretty close to the final design. Yeah, he said, listen, surprising. that's most most renderings, Chris, you've seen it. You know, it's like watching a Burger King commercial. You get sold a sandwich, and then you see the sandwich when you unwrap it, and you go, well, wait a minute. Yeah, it's clearly not the picture, but... I do find it uh, fascinating that we are about to break ground, or have already have broken, have ground, broken yeah. ground. On Th- Thurman did the whole shebang, man. He oh, wore the hard hat, got he, on the bulldozer. Yeah, man. Yeah, he he took a, a jackhammer. Yeah, man, and took out the first who else piece. but the Terminator? How about this? We're breaking ground. 
were playing in London at at the stadium at the stadium that our stadium is supposed to be the blueprint. blueprint yeah, let, I mean let's let's not let's not pretend that that's a actually yeah like that's not let's not pretend that that's happenstance right yeah like that, there's it's, that, that, there's a lot of it's just like oh that's coincidence yeah Maybe oh the not. year that we you know break ground on the state new stadium we're happened to play in the stadium and now here's yeah. the thing how many of those people who go to that game are going to get a, a survey afterwards going what did you think about what'd this? you like about it what'd, what'd you, you like, like about, about it, it? Yeah. They, well exactly but that's smart mm-hmm. we only know that the only survey that matters is the one that terry white gives <laughs> Because he'll be Terry at the, he'll be at the stadium. I love Terry. White. He'll be at that game. Him, him and Keith the Pubcat, <laughs> fucking legends. So the renderings are pretty close. That's that's good to know. They're like, okay, these I, I would hope. So. I mean, if you're breaking ground, I would hope your renderings are pretty damn close. Another thing I found interesting: the fact that he he talked about it because they were like, oh, well, what happened? You know, were there ever any rough patches in this? And Rakuya said, well, there were some dark days, sure, but. Yeah. And he talked about dark days being days where there was no progress, mm-hmm. days where things bogged down and you didn't really know what was going to happen. Days when, hey, the governor in the middle of these negotiations is getting impeached, basically. And now, the guy that we basically have a deal done with. Yeah, yeah we like, have a deal done. And now somebody new is coming in and we got to hope that they can get this in. But then he goes on to say that there were no threats of relocating. And that there was no saber rattling going on. And I look at that and I kind of go, I don't know. So if you go to a New York Post article from September 2021, they wrote, this is a quote. Right now, the city of Buffalo and the state are going to have to decide if they want a team. Pagula Sports and Entertainment spokesperson Jim Wilkinson said in August. He declined to comment further to the Post. I I remember that article. Yeah. So, first of all, does that guy still work for PSE? Chris, see if you can Google Jim Wilkinson LinkedIn. <laughs> Just see who comes up. I want to see if he still works for the team after his name being tied to that. Let's see what he does. Is it? Is it this guy? Jim Wilkinson Communications, probably, because he's the communications guy. Go to LinkedIn and see what he does. Well, there's this guy. Uh... I don't know. You figure it out. You right. Google it. Come back to us. The article goes on to say, but a source who knows the family and has spoken to them in the recent weeks tells the Post that the threats are just that, idle threats. <laughs> the Pagula family isn't likely to move the bills, even if they don't get state or local funding to help build a 60,000 seat stadium. So it almost comes across like that guy spoke out of, like spoke out of school. Yep. <laughs> out of turn, out of... Uh, like, do you find anybody here who used to work for PSE, Chris? That's what I'm looking for. Someone named Jim Wilkinson who either does or no longer works for PSE. I feel like for as much as they want to sell that. Now, I reached out to Jason Wolf, formerly of the Buffalo News, who now works in Phoenix. And he said that he's never directly heard of a threat made by the Bills to move the team. Which... Which is kind of why I'm interested to see if this Jim Wilkinson guy actually works. I don't know there if it's if it's this guy. It doesn't say anything about PSC on yeah, his the, LinkedIn. The, he would definitely have that on his profile if he worked for a company that owned major sports teams. So go back to the list of PSC. Don't, don't worry about it. Just keep browsing. You'll find it. It's just interesting to me, Ryan. Do you think that there was no threat ever 
Like, how reliable is that? I don't. So I would be surprised if there was a direct threat made. I would be surprised if there's anyone that's willing to go on record to say we are willing to move this team I mean, behind these, closed doors or these aren't the 70s where Ralph Wilson literally just went to Seattle and was like, wow, ah, this city's great. Yeah. And, and <laughs> this isn't and this isn't a time to do things on the down low. Right. If you say something off the record or behind closed doors, it's going to get out. Right. Everyone's going to use it as leverage. So mm-hmm. but How was it? Look at this guy. See that see that guy on the screen. OK. On the, on the that's left. Jim Wilkinson. I, I believe that PSC spokesperson. Okay. okay, you just remember that guy's face because when I went to LinkedIn, it was um, that same guy. Oh, hold you on! Lost it. Lost it. Oh uh, no! It, it was, was right there. You you just passed it. Go back, 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 back. Delete, delete everything you just typed. This guy is that not the same hey, guy? That Ryan, that does look like the same guy, doesn't Isn't it? Is that the same guy? Yeah, but he just, never has anything listed. He doesn't have anything listed on his LinkedIn. Okay. Look at this. It's Rockpile Research <laughs> in, in the real, moment. In real time. Real time. I like the fact that he is like Jamie. It's like, Jamie, Google that. Yeah. Jamie, give it a goog. See what you can come up with. So with this in mind, like that guy no longer has PSE listed on his thing. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I bet you he got his hand smacked for that. Hey, don't get quoted saying things we didn't say. Yeah. And I mean, because <laughs> I know I know they came out and explicitly said that renovating is not an option. Yep. Renovating. The and that was the thing we just option. watched with yeah. that guy on it. And now he's not listed anywhere. Yeah, but, in but to come but to come right out and say we need a new stadium or we're leaving. That's. It, it one, it doesn't seem like Pagula's bag. No. And two, it's not the best way to garner public support for keeping no. the stadium, right? Like, that's a good way to alienate everybody who's in favor. Oh, 100%. Of well, because what you have to understand is you're dealing with people like me. Yeah. Who, if you fucking tell me what... I want my team in Buffalo, but don't threaten me. <laughs> I hate nothing more. Like, you don't get to make threats. I don't negotiate with terrorists. Exactly. But I don't also- negotiate with my son when he, when he gets upset. <laughs> Emotional no. terrorism. But also... I'm dumb enough to sink my own boat to prove a point. Yeah. <laughs> That's where this whole thing falls apart. And I think that that was maybe a misstep, but by and large, the organization didn't threaten to move at any point. No, He's correct. I don't, I don't think he expl- explicitly, no. It never got to that point. He also had some other things and some announcements to make that I thought were you know, interesting, just in terms of game changers for what this is going to look like over the next few years. First of all, Chris, the RV lot is done. It's gone. Off nice. limits. Well, yeah, until the new state. We'll see what they do with it. But well, yeah, they're it, closing though. that lot for now. But they're closing it, which has a huge impact on the tailgate scene. So they did say that there was going to be RV parking. There was going to be a dedicated lot. Yes. And it was going to be minimized into, I think, lot three is yes. where they were going to minimize it to. So, yeah. And so, like, this whole, like, I'm not going to lie. The RV lot is usually where I like Chris. I remember doing the research for one of our podcasts. The RV lot is where most of the police presence is requested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's where most of the drunken arrests happen. It's where all the crazy shit happens. It's the RV lot, the grass lot, Hammers lot. So again, let's not pretend any of this is happenstance, right? Yeah, like, they're like, <laughs> like hey, guess what, guys? Here. This uh, this thing we're kind of phasing that out because, well, you know, you'll figure it out. Well, one, it's a pain in the ass, and two, how many cars can I park in the space that it takes a 42-foot, you know? <laughs> Thank you. But it will have an impact on the tailgates. Absolutely. 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 Yep. It will. 
And the, but it's worth noting that the team is changing its staff parking to try to accommodate all the displaced fans. Mm-hmm. That's why they're saying they're expanding lot three in order to make up for the fact that, like, we're going to relocate our staff parking so that you people still have a place to go because we don't want to alienate you and leave you out there in the wind feeling like we fucked you. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Like, I, because like, I'm looking at this from my standpoint of, which we're going to about to talk about, like, in terms of just things that are going to change with the new stadium. First of all, there's no piss troughs. So suck it, Mark. Good. <laughs> you lost the fight. Team piss trough lost. Now, what's funny is Mark keeps insinuating that you, as one of our resident rich guys, you're going to just buy the mud lot so that you can build an Applebee's slash sports book. I have told him time and time again that it's a sizzler. It's a sizzler. <laughs> and there will be a deal. If you park your car, you get a lobster tail to go with your dinner. And I am all for being one of the names and primary beneficiaries of the mudlot should we decide to pool our money. I have no problem being the face of it, as long as Mark will be my attorney. Yeah, Mark's going to have to be attorney. <laughs> provide legal we're, representation. Guys, in order to own the mudlot, we're going to have to A-team this shit. Yes. Mark, Mark, Mark will be the legal representation. I'll be the face and voice, and we'll let Drew just plan the logistics. I'll just be the B.A. Baragas. You can It'll cook. be fine. You can cook. <laughs> It'll be the B.A. Baragas. It'll be fine. Here's what I know, though. What's happening with the mudlot, for those of you who don't know, ever since the stadium deal got finalized and they knew it was going to go through, the lot that you've all joined us at to tailgate over the years has been put up for sale. The guy who owns the property, his house, and the couple acres that it accommodates. You know, what, the, sale price, the sale price went down. It, of course because it it's been sitting on the market for a while. Yeah, it was at $4 million and now it's down to three. He listed it at $3.9 million. Now he's since reduced that number. Let me tell you why this is happening. For people who are like, oh my God, why would he sell? Right now, there's an opportunity in that corridor. Because what's going to happen is this. They've already talked about it in in meetings. And I like talking through these things for people who don't live here locally. This, yeah. this These podcasts are, by and large, for people who ignore the news and for people who are out of town and don't get the local news yeah. and don't understand what's happening here. To accommodate the fact that this new stadium was getting built the way that they built it, they had to get some exceptions made by the town of Orchard Park. Orchard Park loves the idea that it's been this quaint little... High-income village. Mm -hmm. We've never allowed corporate structures to be built. We've never allowed, like, I don't know what you want to call it, but... We've never had to stoop to getting corporate tax dollars. Well, exactly. We've always been able to support ourselves. As as a a, town, we just support ourselves off our revenue, and we like the fact that we have this quaint little town with a nice school and all of these things. And so there was laws passed. Like, there are laws on the books in the town of Orchard Park that state you can't build a structure over two stories high. Now, the Bills' current stadium fit that bill, and so they said, okay, that's cool, but if you're going to build it on the ground, then technically you need a waiver in order to build this thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now now we start talking about where do you start making exceptions. Yep. And then they go, well, if we're going to build it here, you want to build a corridor. You don't just want a stadium no, plunked no. in the middle of this. You want to build restaurants and hotels, and you want... Well, now exceptions have to start being made, and laws have to be changed, and things have to get rezoned. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, corporate money starts to sink in here. So if you're the guy who owns the mud lot, house has been paid off for years, you've been making money hand over fist, you go, I could create generational wealth 
for my kids that they'll carry on to their kids, so on and so forth, by selling this piece of property right now before a market actually gets set. When it's at the highest value possible. How? So that happens. Set up generational wealth for his kids. Have you met his kids? No. <laughs> it... It's not looking... That outlook is not good. Okay, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter. The idea is that you're talking about a guy being able to sell something. He listed at 3.9. No one bit. It doesn't matter. He's not looking for you and me no. to come by the house. What he's trying to do is lure in some corporate entity to say, look, there will be a stadium there. Mm-hmm. And if I want the sizzler slash sports betting combo, combo with a parking lot and you guys get a free dinner if you park here... They might be interested in sinking two million. Sure. They might go, hey, your price is three. We'll see you at two. Mm-hmm. What does he give a fuck? Yeah. I mean, have you met the guy? No, I've never never had the I pleasure. Have. I love him, but <laughs> holy shit. It's going to turn into one of those scenarios where you see... Uh, it would be the Beverly Hillbillies all over again if you gave that guy two million. No, no what it would be I love is him. you would see something, something similar to a... Uh, like one of those docs on somebody that happened to win the lottery that shouldn't, and they just... Room they life. just squandered all that money they got. That's so, what this sale would be. But, so here's the thing: like, like, say what you want. You know, it's all in good fun. But heady play, it, it, no different than an NFL team trying to sign your quarterback. You want to be the first one, and that's it. He wants to be the one that sells first before the market sets. Right? And that's you want to be the one setting the market, yes. not the one chasing the market at that point. So, hey, good on him, man. If that, if that was the play the whole time. Good on him. And so it does. It, I've, I've fielded a number of messages over the last like month about like concern. Sure. What happens? What happens if he sells the lot? Well, then we fucking. Yeah, because it again, out. I mean, realistically, like you know, we we it's tongue in cheek, but it would take me, you, Mark, like Chris, like yeah. you would have to have a collection of people to go in because the average Joe isn't going to be able to go to the bank. You're not going to be able no. to walk into you know Canadaigua Savings Alone and go. Hey, can I get a mortgage for three million dollars? They're gonna go. What? <laughs> like, sure. Do you have a minimum income of like a million dollars a year? Because then I can sell it to you. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll see you in hell. Yeah. Otherwise, you can get out of my get out of my office. So there's obviously a lot that's going to change. There's a lot that's going to change. Another thing that's going to change that I think is good. Chris, think about the current layout of the stadium. Like, I think about how many times I've missed plays. I went to go buy a beer during that Jacksonville Jaguars game, and I missed the Robert Foster touchdown catch. And the fight. And then I missed the fight taking a piss. Ryan, Green Bay game rolls around. Monday Night Night Football. Sunday Night Football? Sunday Night. Sunday Night. I'm literally going to take a leak and I'm walking down the stairs and the bills get picked off and I go ah fuck I'm buying a beer stop I'm waiting in line to buy a beer and while I'm standing there I have I'm forced to watch the game on a TV like an old school 20, 21 inch they have yeah. and they immediately <laughs> pick the ball off and get the ball back and I'm cheering but I'm going I wish I could have seen that I never I never understood why like it's an NFL stadium. Do you need the Michael Scott TVs up? <laughs> the Michael Scott TVs. <laughs> like, so what Ron Rakuya says is that they are going to redesign the interior concourses so that when you're in line, you're in the concourse. No matter where you are, you have a sight line to the yep. field. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, you know, again, I think if for those who aren't familiar, like I've been doing this stadium stuff yep. for a while, like 
go look at the pictures inside of Tottenham Hotspur. Like that's that's what your stadium is going to look like. And when you go, when you are in line, and they're not joking when they say, and you're not talking like, well, I can see like the visitors' sideline when yeah. I'm talking sightline. You're, you're like you can see the play going on from where you're standing. It might be obscured, might be you know obstructed, whatever. But you're not looking at like the corner of the end zone. You're looking. You can mm-hmm. see the play as it develops, and it's just, you know, I think it, those of us in Buffalo who don't travel to a lot of stadiums in the NFL, mm-hmm. and and some have been lucky to do it, some have never seen the game outside of the Bills. Um, there are stadiums out there that are wild. Just unbelievable, wild, yeah, yeah. It, I stopped traveling to games partially because I hated being hungover and just mad driving home the next day after the Bills lost. But then also it was because I'd see other stadiums and go, "Fuck, why can't I have this?" I, I complain weekly, and you can I mean, anyone who walks into the stadium with me hears me weekly about how long it takes to get through security and how unnecessary it is that it takes us. I'm in line for 20 minutes to get through security. This yeah, is un- no. There's not a stadium in the country that operates like that. Nope. And this all, I mean, again, it's three years from now. All of that should change. All mm-hmm. of these pain points that you have that are just strictly out of logistics yeah. of the stadium. Poorly built, poorly, poorly built, poorly planned, built for a 1980s, 70s crowd, not a modern crowd. Like, all of that changes. Just simply because it's it's going to be built in the 20th century. 21st century. Oh, fuck. An Iman Azizi fucking landmine <laughs> in the fridge. Iman, what the fuck, man? Now I'm drinking a Natty Ice. It's your fault. I think that's from the uh, Rams opener last September. God damn it. it still taste good? I mean, it's Natty. It tastes like water. It tastes. It's the only water that'll leave you waking up in the morning, looking around, going, "Where's that cat?" It's, it's the only. Where's nope. the cat? Where's the cat that shit in my mouth while I was sleeping? Yeah, Natty Ice is the only five point nine percent beer that doesn't taste like it has doesn't any alcohol taste like in it has any alcohol in it. <laughs> so, so this is like there's a lot changing. There's a lot of changes to come, and it's kind of sad almost because I, I did the drive. Now I, I, I live eight minutes away from the stadium. I'm very close. And across the streets, the Future Stadium site, and I just yeah, I went over there just to see it, and I was it was eerie. It was a weird feeling. Like you go over there, and I'm here's the lot, and here's the stadium, and this is the thing that I've I've grown up with. Yeah. This is the, this is what I know. It's, it's been an, it's been our version of Mecca for how long? Yeah. And I just think about it like I've had so many moments of my life here mm-hmm. at this place. Like I think about. I think about dumping my ex girlfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> during that during that New England game where we came back and won it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the highlights of my entire life. I think about the night Ralph Wilson died, and my buddy Travis and I just didn't know what to do. So we got chairs and a cooler and some beers and cigars, and we came to the stadium parking lot. And like right around nine o'clock ish, it just like started to lightly snow, and it was just the perfect like. This is where I'm supposed to be right now. Yeah. Because I, I don't know what else to do. Our team, I don't know what's going to happen. It could move. It could be sold to God knows where. Sure, sure. That was, was the moment we entered the uncertainty, right? That, that yeah. was it. And I went there. I spent that night there. And then 
it's just a place where I've gotten to congregate with all of you guys and I've gotten to meet so many of you and just spend time with my best friends over the years. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's like church. I've said it a million times and I think people think I'm hamming it up, but it's like it centers me. Sure, sure. This is the place I go and it's highly centering because so much of my life has been wrapped up into this. Yeah. And then I look across the street and I see this construction site and it's weird because you're, it's like you're standing at the precipice of what is and what will be. And you know that there's this crushing inevitability, like all of this. And it's, I mean, it's probably a good thing that I'm a little bit of a nihilist <laughs> just, just to begin with, because I believe that pretty much everything that exists now will not matter. So why stress about it? Sure. But when you talk about the stadium, it's like that thing is going to get demolished one day. And with it is going to go a huge part of my, like a huge chunk of my life. This is a place where I experience so many things and you're like, it's gone. It'll be gone. It'll be dust. Just like we all will be someday, but I don't know. And then you stare over there and you go, that's cool. And it's, it's nice to be excited about, but it's. Bittersweet, I guess. It's yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's going to be like when you think back, and and you and you know, I'm sure a lot of Bills fans are this way. Um, being in Buffalo, you know, really my whole life being in this area, I can when I think of the top ten moments of my life, you know, it's my mar- my my wedding, my two kids being born, and then it's a a lot of Bills stuff. <laughs> like it's a lot of Bills. It's you know, the comeback. It's, you know, the Drayton Florence pick six. It's the Sam Adams scoop and score. It's the, you know, the heartbreak that comes with the Dallas Monday night game, the Leotis McKelvin fumble, the, you know, the my friend the, Neil punched my taillight out, not realizing it was my car. He was so drunk and mad about the Cowboys game. He punched my taillight out and then looked at me and was like, I didn't know it was your car. And then and then, and then you get into, and then you get into just this past season, the Vikings game, the Dolf, the Dolphins night night game. 50 what is 52 to 3 like those moments and as we start to go to games this season next season 2025 and that stadium gets higher and higher mm-hmm. and you start to go to night games and the Ralph is lit up and the new stadium is lit up cuz they're working 24 hour shifts yeah there's going to be an increased it's it's going to be like you're getting ready to graduate from high school and that feeling of I, I know that there's something there, but I don't know what it's going to feel like mm-hmm. that. I feel like that's going to happen, right? Like this has been the stadium for I'm 38 years old for the 33 years that I've been attending football games. It's yeah. always been the same place on Sundays at 1 p.m. Yep. And now you're asking me to go somewhere else. And my father and I have talked about it, right? My father's in his 70s season tickets. We've had him for you know almost 25 years now. He's told me my last game will be the first game in the new stadium. God willing, he makes it. But, you know, his, his, he's planning on his final game will be him, me, and my son, who will be 10 years old. And that will be the final game that he attends at the stadium. Whatever happens between now and then is, is great, whatever happens thereafter. But that's, as a, as a lifelong Bills fan, he's you know, mm-hmm. 70 years old. He's been a Bills fan since they were playing in the rock pile. That's what he's looking forward to. And it's like question. You know, there's there's a feeling of so, finality at that point. So when that happens, new stadium, week one, you, your son, your dad, 
So is his seat going to be taken the rest of the year by a cardboard cutout of Ted DiBiase? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Either that or either that or by then, you know, my uh you know, either that or by then my children will have fought for that extra seat with you know, whoever it may be, but yeah, I mean it's but but then you think about that and then it's three generations of Bills fans one last go in that stadium. That's it. And it's there is. It's it's the the best way to describe it right now is bittersweet. When the time comes, I don't know what word I'll use, but I'm sure I'll think of something. But yeah, I mean it's it's wild that we're here and this is what we're staring at for the next thirty years. I love that we're here. I, I look forward to doing more conversations like this, especially with like because there's still topics that are unresolved. Sure, uh, the PSLs are looming now. Ron Rakuya said that they, in his interview with Tim Graham, they look to have those PSL numbers out by the preseason. Yeah, because they're talking year. about that portal coming up pretty soon. Right? Holy for, shit, for, for guys! Guys, the, the, if I could describe to you, go go read up on what this office and portal and this whole thing. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like what I want to do. They're going to try to metaverse me into that say, fucking. And, and you guys may be able to help with this. What I kind of want to do, I'm going to be fairly high up on the list. I almost want to do like some type of a live for I think your viewers, maybe like the hash, like just do a, a live and say like, let's walk together through yes. this as a fan base, not as me as an individual season yeah. ticket holder. Like, let's do it as a. I think we could do that. I think that would be awesome. I think we can do. figure that. Like, let's take a tour as Bill's Mafia. Production wise, that can definitely uh, happen. We can definitely we make can that work. definitely yeah. record that. And where need be, we can blur things out. So if you're listening and you want to take part in that, call in. Call in, let us know. Call in, let call us know. In, let us know. <laughs> Guys, there's a lot of stuff at the still on the horizon as far as the stadium thing is concerned. There's going to be a lot of content for us to generate off of that because we're hucksters and we do that. I like the term huckster. I go, you guys just listen to an hour and of Ryan and I talking about the stadium. Waxing poetic, yeah. yeah. Waxing poetic about the stadium. And you saw Ryan drinking old-fashioned in five minutes. Yeah, man. <laughs> Great old-fashioned. Tasted all the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just, I feel like I, I want to bring you guys value when we do these things, and I think we have. But I also think that, like, just being a person, this is, this the whole conversation is... It's tough for me because I'm looking at this and I'm going, we're throwing away the place that I... We're, we're talking about the demise of the place where I spent my life as a Bills fan and where I spent the last decade and change hanging out with people and just getting to... Like, being steeped in it. Win, lose, or draw. That that Blizzard game. Yeah. You'll never take that from me. No. That's... Like, the, like there's so many things that happened in that building that I, I I'm... It's now feels real and while I was pumped about the new stadium, it's hard to acknowledge that it's going to go away. Yeah, there was always, like, you were talking about the new stadium in, in the sense of it was always this nebulous concept, yep. right? Like, it was always conceptual. And yep. now they broke ground. Like, this shit's happening. And <laughs> Come hell or high water, this stadium's getting built and they're going to be playing 2026 home opener. Don't think that it won't be the first game of the season at home, you know, they're not opening on the road that week. No. So, you know, and I, you know, I doubt that even the preseason games get played in the new stadium. I would guess that they're saving the new stadium for, yeah, you know, the home opener. So it, it, it now that there's a, a proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, you've got to start coming to grips with the fact that you've got three more years to enjoy the Ralph as it is because 
I mean, it's 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 you know hyperbolic, but nothing will be the same after mm. 2026, right? It'll no. never be the same again. It'll never be the same. This again. is the best that it's gonna get. <laughs> Guys, hopefully there's a Super Bowl before that. Hope, hopefully we have a banner <laughs> to hang in those don't have to worry about playing in the Super Bowl in Buffalo, so let's get that out of our heads. Hopefully, hopefully there's have, a banner to move over from the old stadium to the new. We have a banner to hang in those rafters. Guys, this has been a fun conversation. I'm I'm thrilled that you guys all showed up for it, but for tonight we got to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Ryan Lacell. This has been your Rockpile Report. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.